Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. doing. Well, hey, we are in week three of a series called Engage, and we're learning how to win the spiritual battles in our everyday lives. And one of the things that we're really specifically trying to wrap our minds around, and most importantly, understand how to apply to our lives, is what it means to, to put on and to wear the full armor of God. Because without the armor of God, then we're left vulnerable to the enemy's attacks. And so we've been breaking down each of the six particular pieces of armor. And today, we're going to be talking about the third specific piece of armor, referred to as the gospel shoes. Now, a number of years ago, when I was in high school, and let me underscore a number of years ago, back in the 80s, it was an awesome decade. Man, that was Bon Jovi, you know. Okay, yes, all right. So anyway, back in the day. So I'll never forget, when I was in high school, I worked a job at a place called the Athlete's Foot. Very similar to like, you know, the Foot Locker uh, to kind of have a comparison. So I was one of the shoe guys, you know, high school students, great way to meet girls, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm in, I'm in the shoe, shoe store that particular evening, and a mother and her little boy comes walking in. Now keep in mind, on this particular wall, like many of these type of shoe stores, it is just nothing but shoes. I mean, so from kids' shoes to women's shoes to men's shoes and then the variety of different kinds of shoes were all on this wall. So this mother and her little boy came walking in, and I'll never forget, because the mall closed at the time at 9 p.m., they came walking in about 8.30. So I'm thinking this is going to be my last customer. Man, I'm going to close the deal here. We're going to close shop, and I am out of here. And so this mother and her son came walking in. They're kind of looking at the shoes. And I say, can I help you? And they say, yes. And the little boy, he points up and says, I want to try those on. And so the mother says, well, before we try them on, let's ask this gentleman if he will make sure that we get the right size for your foot. Because, you know, the mother's looking at me. She said, you know, these little boys, their, their feet grow so fast. So I just want to make sure that we get him fitted for the right shoes. So he, you know, we get the little measuring thing and he puts his foot in there. And, you know, I'm kind of like pushing the little measuring thing in there and making sure it's the, the proper, you know, dimensions. And, and sure enough, we, we identified his shoe size. And so he found the particular one that he wanted to try on. So I go back into the back. I find the shoes, I bring them out, I lace them up, I put them on his feet, and in my mind, I'm thinking, man, let's bag them and let's get out of here. This little kid, he's walking around, and then all of a sudden, he sees another pair. I want to try those on. I said, all right. So I go back to the back, grab the box, come back, take the other ones off, shoot do the shoelaces once again, put them on his feet. He walks around, and you're getting the picture here. This happens now over and over and over. I'm talking about multiple trips to the back, multiple shoe boxes, multiple shoes. The shoe boxes are now beginning to stack up. And so finally, I kind of like just asked the question. It was the obvious question of the night. So which ones have you decided upon? And I kid you not. Here is what the mother said to me. She said, oh, well, we're just looking tonight. And I thought to myself, are you kidding me? You know, it's crazy when you think about it. God has given us the ultimate pair of shoes. In other words, 
we no longer even have to make the decision because God has helped us with the decision. We don't have to have the mindset of, oh, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm just looking. I'm just checking it out. No, no, no. God has given us the ultimate pair of shoes. And guess what? The best news of all is that they're absolutely free. You know why? Because the shoes that God has provided for us as followers of Jesus Christ has been bought. They've been paid for through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They are referred to as the gospel boots, the gospel shoes that bring peace, good news, and salvation to the entire world. And so tonight, we're going to, or today, we're going to unpack, specifically, we're going to take out of the box, if you will, the ultimate pair of shoes that God has called us to wear each and every day. In fact, here's what Isaiah the prophet said. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 7 says it this way, how beautiful are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation. Turn to your neighbor, look at him and say, you got some beautiful feet. Now, we didn't say they smell good. They just said they were beautiful, all right? So here's the thing. God has given us an incredible pair of shoes. They, they are the beautiful feet of those who carry the message of peace and salvation, the good news. You see, the devil knows that. The devil understands that when you are wearing the shoes that fit you perfectly, The good news of Jesus that we carry with us of peace and salvation. The devil knows that when we're wearing the gospel shoes, the last thing that he wants is for us to wear those shoes in our places of influence. Therefore, what does he do? He tries to distract us. He tries to to get us to embrace that mindset of like, oh, well, I'm just not ready to put those on. I'm just not ready to make that decision. I'm just kind of checking them out. No, no, no. God wants us each and every day to put on the same shoes, to wear the same shoes everywhere we go. Because those shoes have a purpose. Our feet are to be beautiful feet that carry the message, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, what's interesting about this particular verse of Scripture in Isaiah is that Isaiah was actually looking to the future. In fact, he was, in many ways, looking at a future vision because, keep in mind, the people of Israel had been taken in captivity, and as they had been captured by the Babylonians, many of those people had been exiled and they had been living for years in Babylon. Well, as a result, the prophet Isaiah began to see the day coming that God was going to rescue the people. God was going to deliver them from the bondage that they were in and was going to eventually take them back to their homeland so that they could restore and rebuild the temple that had been destroyed. Well, here's the amazing thing. As Isaiah began to see the future deliverance, he began to liken that whole experience to a messenger who was running with the message through the Judean mountains, where he began to see this messenger running, and he saw the feet, and he saw the pace, and he saw the way this messenger was running, where it stood out to him, and he's basically saying the urgency of that messenger carries with him the ultimate message of deliverance. Well, fast forward. The Apostle Paul, he's in a prison cell. And as he's in this prison cell... He's writing a letter to the people in Ephesus. And so here he was in jail for preaching the good news of Christ. And yet as he's chained to a Roman centurion, a a Roman soldier, he begins to see the armor that the soldier was wearing from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. And he noticed a specific kind of footing that the Roman centurion had. And he likened the feet, and he likened the shoes, or the sandals, if you will, of that Roman soldier to the same kind of shoes, the gospel shoes, that we should be wearing each and every day in our lives 
as followers of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 6, the passage we've been talking about, beginning in verse 10, it says it this way. Finally, once again, he's wrapping up his letter to the people in Ephesus. So he wraps it up and says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, notice he said, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So there are four things that I want us to walk away today. Remembering and most importantly applying to our lives when it comes to these gospel shoes. In other words, there are four benefits of these particular kind of shoes that God has provided for us. And the first is this, it is stability. It's stability. You see, in verse 15, it says, feet, your feet, my feet, feet that are fitted for the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. You see, when we put on the gospel shoes of peace and salvation that bring good news, guess what? It gives us stability. It gives us a firm foundation to stand upon. It not only allows us to stand firm in our faith, but it also allows us to withstand the attacks of the enemy. Because it's not a matter of if, it's simply a matter of when we're going to face the storms and the trials of life. And there are some of you here today, and you're you're experiencing some of those storms and trials as I speak. It could be a financial storm that some of you are going through. It might be a relational storm or challenge that you're facing right now. It could be perhaps a, maybe just a spiritual attack that you're facing in your life. It could be a mental or emotional challenge that maybe you're walking through right now. And the reason why we need the sure footing, the reason why we need... That stability that comes with the right kind of shoes is simply because, listen, when those things come against us, when we are experiencing these trials and challenges in our lives, rather than being swept away, listen, we need the sure footing. We need to know that we can stand firm and we can weather the storms. We can overcome whatever it is the enemy throws at us. You see, the Roman centurions, one of the things that they did is they had something referred to as hobnails. They were basically little spikes, if you will, that they had put into the bottom of their sandals, their shoes. And the reason why they used those, similar to like cleats of a football or baseball player, they would use these little hobnails as a way and in, the, in the middle of battle to be able to stand firm, to hold their ground rather than losing their footing. And that's exactly what can happen if we're not careful. The storms of life, the challenges that come against us can allow us to lose our footing. We don't have the sense of stability that we need to stand strong against those attacks of the evil one. Years ago, we were at a youth camp. And uh, my wife, Michelle, I'm going to go ahead and just tell it like it is. She's not a really, really good athlete. She's just not. I mean, she tries. Give her an A for effort. You know what I'm saying? 
but she just does it just doesn't work I mean I don't know why it just doesn't work when she tries and even goes all in goes all out it just for whatever reason doesn't seem to work when it comes to anything athletic but she likes to try well on this particular day it was a day of recreation and all of the students were out and um, so they had this massive like this giant slip and slide and what they had done is they had like soaked it with water but also soap suds so you had all of these macho guys who were like sprinting running as fast as they could and they were like diving going head first on this slippery slide and these guys were like just sliding all the way down and then there was lines of students going across both sides so basically as you're going down the slippery slide you're almost like going through this tunnel of students and they're all you know yelling and man they're all clapping and cheering as everybody's going down well my wife Michelle she sees this for a few moments and she says I want to do that and I'm thinking to myself no you don't don't even think about it she said no I want to do it and so rather than doing what you should have or could have done to prevent yourself from being seriously injured that is either running and just kind of like sliding on your knees or like the guys were doing like going in head first she thought she would just kind of like run on top of it so what does she do she takes off running and everybody's cheering everybody's clapping go Michelle go Michelle go Michelle and she takes off she's on a full sprint and I'm thinking to myself she needs to like start now sliding but instead she kept running and she took about three steps on that slippery mat and I mean I'm telling you she went backwards she fell not only on her behind but she hit the back of her head and I'm telling you like a perfect orchestra there was a chorus that went ooh and I'm telling you, it was a wipeout. Her feet just literally slipped out right from underneath her. And that's exactly what happens to a lot of people who get hit blindsided. They're knocked off their feet. The reason why is because they are not wearing the gospel shoes. In other words, they got up. They forgot to put on the single most important shoe to give them the firm footing that they were going to need to stand and withstand against anything that comes at them. So why are the gospel shoes that carry peace and salvation so vitally important? Well, in Psalm verse 18, verses 32 and 33, it says it this way. God arms me with strength, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. Isn't that good? Isn't it awesome to know that when I put on the gospel shoes of peace that bring the good news of peace and salvation, listen, they not only give me the stability, that give me that firm foundation, that give me the grip that I need to be able to stand firm against whatever it is the enemy is throwing at me, but it also provides a second benefit. So it not only provides stability, but it also provides security. In other words, these shoes give me the security as well as the reassurance that no matter what, God is in control. And one of the things that I think sometimes we have a tendency to take for granted or sometimes even as followers of Jesus Christ to realize that we walk around with a target on our back and if we're not careful if we let our guard down and if we're not fully prepared if we're not wearing the gospel shoes not only are we lacking stability but here's what happens we begin to feel insecure when challenges when attacks when difficulties come our way and here's what the enemy will do the enemy will cause you to have self-doubt the devil will put emotions of fear and worry and anxiety and man alive I don't know about you but it seems as though in the last two or three years since COVID 
Man, there have been more people who have struggled with fear and anxiety and depression, mental illness, various emotional and mental challenges that are, that are weighing heavy upon their lives. And listen, now more than ever, people are concerned. They're living with a sense of fear and insecurity because of the unknown. Because of what is to come. Because of the unknown and the unpredictability of our future. Many people are worried about what's going to happen, you know, with the economy. Many people are struggling right now in so many different areas of their life, whether it's in their work or maybe just in other areas that are seemingly coming against them. And there's this worry and this fear and this anxiety that seems to build up even among those who call themselves Christians. And here's what's interesting. The word phobia is the Greek word that is the same word that we have in English called fear. And it's crazy how we can become phobic about all of these different things. And what happens when we are allowing our minds to be distracted and worried and preoccupied by all of the things that are beyond our control, we become a little paranoid, don't we? We become phobic. We become fearful because of the things that the enemy is using to break us down. And here's what's interesting. We were talking, Michelle and I, we actually attended uh, a, one of our life groups this past week. It's a parenting life group. I'm so, so thankful for these parents. I just told them the other night, right before we left, I said, listen, you just need to know you're doing better than you think you are, and you matter more than you think you do as parents. I was so encouraged by the fact that they were getting together and just helping one another, encouraging one another, supporting one another. Man, parents need that more than ever. They need that reassurance. And one of the things that we just talked about, and I just asked the question that, and I said, what are, what, what are perhaps some of the things that's weighing heaviest in your mind and your heart right now when it comes to your kids? And they all were emphasizing the challenge that this thing right here brings into the lives of their kids. And you know what? It's not just for our kids. It's, it's, it's those of us who are adults. This right here has become, listen to me, this right here has become one of the most accessible things in our lives that literally becomes a gateway of information. I'm talking about instantaneously breaking news from videos to for, for, from, for, you know, uh, photographs to just about anything and everything literally within seconds we have in the palm of our hand. Whether it's a murder whether it is a mass shooting of some sort, whether it is, you know, some kind of a situation or circumstance, a crisis that's going on, you know, maybe it is a, a you know, an, an earthquake that's happening or a tornado that just killed multiple people or whatever the situation or circumstance is, within seconds we've got headline news, we've got all these alerts, all these notifications that blow up our phones through social media. Well, if you pay attention to that kind of stuff for any length of time, it doesn't, listen, it does no good to remind you that God is in control. What does it do? It creates a sense of fear. It creates a sense of worry. It creates stress. It creates all of these challenges mentally and emotionally. And we begin to question ourselves. We begin to question the future. We begin to question everything that we see and hear and we experience. We question everything and we begin to focus on how big the problems are and we fail to focus on how big God is. And we've got to understand that these kinds of fears that breeds insecurity in our lives are by design when it comes to the attacks of the evil one in our lives. So we can either allow fear to break us down or allow our faith to build us up. And here's the thing we need to realize. Fear is a reaction, but faith is a decision. In other words, when we have the readiness when it comes to our feet that are fitted with the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
it gives us what? It gives us the sure footing. So no matter what news or information comes our way, it's not going to knock us down. Why? Because we are standing firm even in the midst of all of the circumstances and challenges that are surrounding us. And not only that, it gives us the peace of mind knowing that God is in control. Even when it feels like the world and all of its chaos is out of control, we know that God is in control even when it doesn't feel like it. Why? Because that's what the gospel shoes of the peace and salvation of Jesus gives to us. And you know what? I just believe with all of my heart. In a fearful world, now more than ever, the world needs a fearless church. The world needs a fearless church to live by example to a world that's living in fear, they can see those of us as followers of Jesus Christ whose feet are fitted with the good news, the gospel peace and salvation. They see us as followers of Jesus Christ and they see the stability and the security that we have to where our lives become a living, breathing, walking, running testimony of the faithfulness and the power of God. That's what we need more than ever before in our lives. It says it this way in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus said, I leave the gift of peace with you. He said, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. He said, don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous so let me ask you a question right now is there anything that has you worried is there anything right now that has you fearful about your current situation or circumstances that you're walking through maybe for some of you it's a relationship that's not going well you're concerned you're worried about what your children are walking through and experiencing. Some of you are weathering some financial storms right now. What is it that has you worried? Is it a health crisis? Is it a setback that you weren't expecting in your life? Well, let me ask you a question. Are you wearing the gospel shoes that bring peace, that bring security, that bring comfort, listen, that brings the reassurance that God is in control. Let me read you a verse of scripture. This is so powerful. I'm going to read it in what is referred to as the Amplified Translation. Colossians 3.15 says it this way. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with him, Be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members in one body of believers. And be thankful to God always. So let me ask you a question once again. And whatever it is that you're going through, If you're feeling worried, if you're feeling anxious, if you have some form of doubt or insecurity that maybe you're experiencing right now about whatever it is that you're going through in your life, just be be reminded that fear is a reaction, faith is a decision. So we can either react Or we can stand firm in faith. And that response is, I may not know how it's going to work out. I may not know what tomorrow holds. And I may not even know all the answers to all the unknowns right now. But regardless of what those things are, I'm going to stand firm in faith. I'm going to make the decision because I have the gospel shoes of peace and they are perfectly fitted for me to get through whatever it is that I'm going through in my life. 
So the gospel shoes are important. They have a purpose. And they not only provide stability, they not only provide security, but they give us serenity. I love that. Because as we talked about in week one, as we talked about the importance of the belt of truth. Why is the belt of truth so important? Because in a world today that is questioning whether there is such a thing as absolute truth or there's an objective standard for right and wrong, in a world that is questioning all of that and is redefining truth based on personal preferences or opinions, we need to every day wake up and put on the belt of truth. Why is that important? Because the enemy is going to try to attack our integrity, our character. Why? Because character and integrity is rooted in truth. So he wants to attack us, and that's the reason why we got to make sure we put on the belt of truth in our lives. Last week, we talked about putting on the breast, breastplate of righteousness. Why is that so important? Because God wants to guard our hearts. And one of the things that's so important is for us to realize that what the breastplate of righteousness does is it protects us from all the impurities of the world and helps us make sure that we have and maintain a pure heart. And why is it so important that we also put on the gospel shoes of peace? that bring the good news, that, that help give peace and salvation to a world that desperately needs it, simply because there is a world that is living in fear. There is a world that is paralyzed by all of the unknowns. And sadly and unfortunately, for many of us, we are allowing them to influence our own emotions. So here's the thing. The devil will do anything and everything he can to attack you, to throw little fiery darts at you. And one of the things that the devil does when it comes to this whole issue of serenity is he disrupts the peace of mind and heart that Jesus wants us to have, to rule in our hearts. Well, the enemy knows that, so what does he do? He wants to disrupt that sense of peace and serenity with conflict in our lives. And how does he do that? He stirs up conflict between you and someone else. So rather than being at peace with God, being at peace with yourself, and being at peace with other people, what does the enemy do? The enemy likes to throw a wrench in that. And what he does is he disrupts the serenity, the peace of mind and heart that we have in Christ Jesus. What does he do? He allows us to be easily hurt or offended by what other people do or what other people say or how other people feel toward us. In other words, we allow hurts, we allow offense to take place because of the opinions of other people. Well, the devil knows that if he can get between you and someone else, in other words, he can get you sideways in your marriage, he can get you sideways with your parents, get you sideways with a coworker, get you sideways with one of your kids. Listen, the devil knows if he can get you distracted and get you sideways in a relationship where you're at conflict with somebody, guess what that conflict does? It not only divides and separates and isolates and alienates, but here's what the conflict does. The conflict produces more worry, more stress. More overthinking. More anxiety. Why? Because we are focused on that person that did something or maybe didn't do something that they could have or should have that brought hurt or offense in our lives. And the enemy knows that if he can get you at a place where you are sideways with someone else, then you cannot get right and have peace of mind and in heart with God vertically in your life. You see, there are three kinds of peace. There is the peace with God. That is the reconciliation. That is the making, listen, that is making our relationship with God right. That sin alienates and separates 
what, what sin did is it cut off the relationship between us and God, right? And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to die for our sin. He paid the price for our sin. He was crucified, buried, and came back to life so we could be free from sin. So that we could overcome sin in our lives because of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that's available to us. He knows that. So the devil wants us to not experience the peace with God. It's the reason why so many people who are lacking that peace with God is so disillusioned and empty in their life because they know they need it and they want it. They just don't know how to get it. But God wants us to experience peace with him. And that peace is available because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. So there's the peace with God, but then there's the peace of God. And the peace of God is the peace that we have in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit, that all is well. All is well between me and God. All is well in every area of my life because I have the peace of God ruling in my heart even though other things around me are not peaceful. God wants us to have peace with him, the peace with God. He wants us to have the peace of God. And he wants us to be at peace with one another. So when we have peace with one another in our home, in our marriage, with our coworkers, with people in our lives, with our classmates, with you know, just people in our sphere of influence, when we have peace with God, we're walking with the peace of God, and we have peace with other people, we're fulfilling God's plan and purpose for our lives. So therefore, God, listen, God has a plan and a purpose, and the enemy knows that, and his goal is to counterattack that. The enemy wants to do anything and everything he can, once again, to throw a wrench, to disrupt your world, your life, your marriage, your family, your workplace, your relationships, your friendships, where he can get you sideways. Because the last thing he wants for you is to live a life of serenity, of peace of mind and heart and soul. So he wants you to live with worry. He wants you to be easily offended. You say, where does the Bible talk about this? Here's what it says in Psalm 119, verse 165. This is so powerful. There is such a great peace and well-being that comes to the lovers of your word. And they will never be offended. You know what's interesting is that basically in the principle behind that is saying this. When we fall in love with God so much and we fall in love with the truth of his word so much... Our world is so focused on the bigness of who God is in our life that we are not easily offended when it comes to everything else going on around us in our world. And that's the reason why, once again, fear is a reaction, but faith is a decision that we make. So the question is, do we have the sure footing that comes with wearing the gospel shoes of Jesus Christ so we can either be a peacemaker or we can be a troublemaker and God wants us to have peace with him he wants us to experience the peace of God and to ultimately be at peace with other people and I know what some of you are thinking you say well that's easier said than done I get it I know I understand trust me it is easier said than done. You know, people are people. People are sometimes hard to get along with. People are unreasonable. People are just people. We all experience it. We all live in a fallen world of imperfect people. We all encounter situations and circumstances. Sometimes it's unintentional. Sometimes it's intentional. But again, we live in a a fallen world of imperfect people caused by sin. And you know what? We're going to offend one another. We're going to hurt one another. We're going to say things to each other. There's going to be conflict in our lives that we can either choose to 
cause us to grow further apart, or we can leverage the conflict through maturity by putting on the belt of truth and making sure that we're wearing the breastplate of righteousness that guards our hearts and we're secure not only positionally but also practically in our sense of righteousness that we talked about last week through the righteousness that we have in Jesus Christ but also making sure that our feet are firmly fitted and perfectly fitted with the good news of peace and salvation where we get to be the peacemakers rather than the troublemakers come on somebody is this helping you this is so important Romans 12, 18 says it this way. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. In 2 Corinthians 5, verses 19 through 20, it says, God was in Christ offering peace and forgiveness to the people of this world. And he has given us, listen, he's given us the work of sharing his message about peace. We are sent to speak for Christ. And God is begging you to listen to our message. We speak for Christ and sincerely ask that you make peace with God. So what Paul was saying to the church of of Colossia, he's saying, hey guys, listen, we, we are the carriers. God has sent us not to be troublemakers, but to be peacemakers. We are to carry the message of hope and forgiveness and salvation. We're to be the peace bringers with that message that he has sent us out into the world to share because the world desperately needs it. Which lands to the last thing that I want to share today. When it comes to putting on those gospel shoes, not only does it provide us the stability and the security and the serenity that God wants us to experience, but you know what? God has also given us a story to tell. Keep in mind, the messenger, the one that is running, the one that has the beautiful feet, who's carrying that urgent message of hope, who's carrying that urgent message of peace and salvation. Listen, he has a story to tell. What was he saying? Hey, deliverance is coming. Salvation is coming. And God has given us in this room today a message that he wants us to go share with the world. And what is that message? There is hope. There is forgiveness. There is new beginnings. There is stability. There is security. And there is serenity found in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's the ultimate story to tell. That's the reason why every day we ought to put on the gospel shoes and say, God, use me, God, to be your messenger, to help me with the beautiful feet of the one who's carrying the gospel, the good news to those around me. Give me opportunities to share the hope that is found in Jesus. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is found in John 4 about the Samaritan woman who had anything but peace in her life until she encountered Jesus. And she met him at a, at a well where she came to draw water from that well. And what's crazy is that when she went there, she was going there to satisfy her physical thirst. But God, in the form of Jesus, saw something far greater than a physical need for thirst but to ultimately satisfy the need in her life spiritually she ran away after she met Jesus and encountered that moment of being satisfied having that spiritual thirst quenched in her heart she went back to the village the scripture says and I love this she went and told everybody about this man who'd known everything about her and had helped change her life. And she said, come see, come see the man who has changed my life. You know, to to that woman, she had a story to tell. And you know how she leveraged her story? Listen to this. It was a very simple invitation. 
come and see. Come and hear. Come and meet. Come experience. Come and see. Just come check it out for yourself. Come meet the guy who helped change my life. Just come and see. Jesus encountered another man in Mark chapter 5 who had been paralyzed, if you will, by demons. Had lived in bondage and basically had self-destructed and abused his own body, just cutting himself and just horrific situation, just literally bound by the demonic powers of the evil one until he met Jesus. Jesus cast those devils out and instantly he was freed up from the bondage in his life. And he wanted to go with Jesus, but Jesus said, no, 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 no. There's another assignment. He said, go and tell. Go and tell your friends. Go and tell your family the great things that you've just experienced. Two messages. Come and see. Go and tell. God wants us to do both. And he's put at our disposal a pair of shoes that we can step into, that we can put on each and every day, that are perfectly fitted to help us bring that message of good news to a world that's longing for some good news that desperately wants to know that there is hope, that there is new beginnings, that there is a greater purpose, that there is something that will satisfy the emptiness in my life. And that hope and that good news is the person of Jesus. And the story that we get to share is the story of what God has done for us. And all we have to do is to take what God has done in our life, what God has done in our marriage, what God has done in in our work situation, in our job situation, in our financial situation, in our health situation, in mentally, emotionally, things that we've overcome. God wants us to take whatever God has done in our lives and simply say to people, come and see. Come check out this church, Rethink Life. Come and hear. Come experience. And God wants us, as we leave here today, to go and tell. Go and tell a friend. Go, go tell a coworker. Go tell a family member. Go tell somebody that Jesus can make all the difference in their lives. Last night, <laughs> I had an unbelievable experience. I... Uh, was invited to a Halloween party and Michelle was out of town. I just picked her up early this morning from the airport. I was telling her all about it. Probably about 25 or 30 people. I was a fish out of water at this place. I'll be just very honest with you. And I just went around introducing myself to people. And and after a few minutes, I could size up pretty quickly just in the atmosphere. These people, wonderful people, salt of the earth people. But to the best of my knowledge, they were lost as a ball in high weeds. I was getting ready to leave, and I had pretty much met everybody. And there was a guy that I walked by, and I'd seen him before, and this was the second time I had seen him. And so I I just kind of tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, buddy, I hadn't met you and I stuck out my hand and I said, hey, I'm Rodney. And <laughs> he didn't say, hi, how you doing, or pleasure to meet you. Here's what he said. He, he said, 
who the blank are you? I hadn't seen you before. <laughs> and that was the beginning of our conversation. And after cuss word, after cuss word, after cuss word, he asked me, so what do you do? That's like music to my ears. I said, I'm a pastor. He goes, you got a blankety blank to be kidding me. He said, blankety blank for real? I said, yeah, man, you're looking at him. He goes, what in the blankety blank are you doing here? And for the next 10 minutes of blankety blank this and blankety blank that, and even told me about the place where he lived that was next to a church. And he said, you know, during COVID, he said every single Sunday, he said that blankety blank preacher got up and yelled through an intercom to the people out in the parking lot his blankety-blank sermons every single Sunday. He said, that drove me crazy. I'm telling you, this was an off-the-wall, off-the-chains conversation I was having with this guy. And after about 30 minutes, it was amazing the conversation shifted. And we got to talking about everything going on in Israel. He served in the army. We got to talking about everything going on in our world. We talked about this unfortunate, tragic loss of those 18 people and the others wounded there in Maine. This horrific situation that, once again, just senseless, unbelievable tragedy. And then he asked me the question. He goes, I don't blankety-blank understand it. He said, but do you think people are attending church less now than they did, say, back in the 50s and 60s? And I said, yeah. I said, sadly and unfortunately. I said, people are lost. And here was a person who didn't connect all the dots, spiritually speaking, But he looked at me and he said, man, he said, something's got to give. And that was his way of saying, there's got to be a better answer. There's got to be a better solution. There's got to be some hope to all of this. And I just had a moment after that conversation of walking away. Say, God, help me. Never lose sight of the people like him who are still lost, confused, bitter, empty, looking, searching for something that matters. I'm praying that God's going to use me somehow, some way to follow up and figure out how to connect with that guy. He and I have nothing in common. I mean, nothing, zero. But I want to be ready at all times with the feet, the messenger who's carrying the urgent need of the hour give that message of hope peace and salvation to people who desperately need it we all know somebody listen to me we all know somebody friend co-worker family family member a neighbor we all know somebody that's lost that desperately needs Jesus and all God is asking you to do is to wear the shoes that he has given to you. They've been paid for. They've been bought, purchased through the precious blood of Jesus. Now all we got to do is put them on every day and say, God, use me to be the messenger, to simply share my story, to invite coworkers, friends, neighbors. Just come and see. Just come and see. 
and to go and tell the message of hope to those who need it. Are you wearing the gospel shoes today? If not, will you ask God to help you put them on? Because they are perfectly fitted for you. And he wants you to wear them so you can share that message of hope to those who desperately need it. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the practical aspect of your word that, that reminds us, Lord, each and every day that we have a real enemy who's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to take out. But Lord, thank you that Jesus, in that same statement, John 10.10, said that I've come so that we can experience life and experience it to the full. Lord, I know that the only way that we can live in everyday victory is by putting on this armor that the Apostle Paul is teaching us to wear. Lord, I pray that today, as we walk out of here, as followers of Jesus, Lord, we'll walk out of here wearing those gospel shoes. Lord, that we will be the messengers that have the beautiful feet who are carrying this urgent, desperate message to a world that needs it. And Lord, give us the courage, like that woman at the well and like the demoniac who simply just said, come and see. God, give us the courage to go and tell. God, we know that more than anything, we need stability, we need security, we need serenity in our lives. And a world longs for those things. But God, help us to be busy about sharing our story. of how you have transformed our life. Father, I pray if there are those in this room, those that are watching today online, if they have never put their faith in the person of Jesus. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, and I'm not, I'm not talking about religion, I'm not talking about growing up in church, it has nothing to do with a relationship between you and God through his son, Jesus Christ. Have you ever owned the moment in your heart? Have you ever stepped over that line of faith and said, I'm putting my faith in the person of Jesus who died, was buried, and came back to life for me? If you've never done that, and you're unsure in your heart, can I invite you to pray this prayer? If you're watching, you can pray this prayer as well. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died and you arose again just for me. And today, by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save my soul. Thank you, Jesus. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer just then, would you let me know by just holding up your hand high toward heaven today? If you prayed that prayer in the room, would you just hold up your hand high saying, yeah, count me in. I just prayed that prayer. I just stepped over that line of faith in my heart today. Anybody else? Anybody else? That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you for these that lifted their hands. Thank you for those that may have prayed that prayer online with us. And Lord, for those of us who have already made that decision, that decision, that commitment in our hearts, Lord, may this message, if anything, God, just challenge us and stir our hearts to understand the importance of putting on and wearing the full armor of God each and every day. Lord, we know that there is no way in the world we can survive. There is no way in the world we can live in victory in our everyday lives unless we are fully armed and prepared to stand firm against everything the enemy is using 
and everything the enemy is doing to take us out. So Lord, may we walk out of here today with these gospel shoes. May we walk out of here today being your messengers. Lord, be the beautiful feet who's carrying the message of hope, peace, salvation to a world that desperately needs it. We thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to continue to do. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.